following program contains explicit language and subject matter and is intended for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. Hello? It has to start sometime. What better place than here? What better time than now? Big sigh. It's on a sigh. Welcome back to the Zero Fox podcast. I'm your host, K Mac. Been caught other things, but that'll do for now. We um, are we getting back in the full swing of things. We're going to have this is the first of five podcasts in five days. Now they're going to be across different areas and different podcast mediums and all coming out of Gorilla Radio. But this is the start, and this has been. Oh, I suppose it's been coming a little bit, but it really, I'm suffering from motivation during the pandemic and, and just trying to get some good content across. So I have sat, this This is, I just freshly recorded this. I recorded another one also today, which will come out the 1st of May. The reason for that will be uh, more forthcoming during the week. But today we start with a clinical psychologist. Annie Clark, who is a gem, and uh, we connected on Twitter, and I've seen, listened to some of her work, and I'm on the same page as what she does, so you'll hear me blow a lot of smoke up her ass in the podcast, but yeah, she knows her stuff, and you know, she debunks the myths about mental health and not asking the question, and, and, and really you can tell by how warm she is that, you know. If you need help, ask because there's people out there. I'll give all her details in the show notes and uh, I'll do a proper intro coming in. So that's the first, but there's going to be five. I got two parts one and two coming on the next couple of days, followed by the first of May will be another eye opener. Why the first of May? Well, you'll have to wait and see why May. And then there's another one called Podcast Blast, which is. Um, a bit of a revolution and I'm starting to try and get the podcasts back to content creators and away from radio stations. They've got their medium. Stay over there. Stay the fuck away. Leave um, podcasting to the people that are looking for a different platform away from that. Plus, too, there's so many more to listen to. There's over 900,000 different podcasts now. So, All right, let's get this show started and we'll uh, get into the first of the first of five. Everybody knows that the days are loaded. Everybody rolls with their fingers crossed. Everybody knows the war is over. Everybody knows the good guys lost Everybody knows the fight was fixed The poor stay poor The rich get rich That's how it goes Everybody knows 
comes from China. That's why. It comes from China. I want to be accurate. Fucking Chinese. Let's be honest, I'm never going to get sick of um, that line. Fucking Chinese. And because it's said by possibly a four-year-old who has no idea what he's saying. Um, as opposed to where the whole Iris started, um, which I sort of have to ask Donald Trump because uh, he, he's the expert apparently. It comes from China. That's why. It comes from China. I it want to be accurate. Okay, he wants to be accurate. It comes from China. Anyone get that? China. All righty, where do we start? Okay, my first guest. My first guest of the five days. So this is the next five days. I'm going to punch out five different podcasts and I'll fill you in each day. Here we go. Um, so this is Annie Clark. Annie Clark is a clinical psychologist, 20 years experience, um, specialises in depression, anxiety, health, sports psychology, trauma, victims counselling and positive psychology. Everything about Annie and what she believes in is really second nature when you really think about it. And the idea is is that you know, she works with people with depression. Her idea at the, at the, fore, at the forefront of it and the centre of what she believes in is helping exercise, helping you battle depression and get on top of it. So, um, you know, she provides counselling and cognitive, uh, cognitive behaviour therapy. Now, it's called CBT for short. I'm a big fan of it. And it really explores the way that you think and really pushes it. She's an expert in it, um, which works with depression, anxiety, PTSD. Fuck, I'm having a struggle. Trauma, weight loss and relationships issues. Now, she's passionate about promoting exercise um, for the treatment of depression, along with therapy. So this is the perfect person to ask her about what's going on at the moment, how it affects people. And what can we expect um, in the future? I caught up with her on another podcast that she did for Fergo and the Freak, which is a rugby league-based guys. And again, she was talking to these guys about it. I put that link in the show notes because I like to promote other people as well. And those guys, if you don't know, they're rugby league fans and they're massive, massive um, statistic heads and, and they're, they're unbelievable. So Annie was good enough to chat with them I asked her the question she said yeah yeah more than happy so she's been gracious with her time um so I, I became a follower of her on Twitter and this is what I love about the Twitter and the social media world is that people connect and people can talk about different things it's fantastic so um I follow her on Twitter and Instagram again I'll put the show notes in she is not only a psychologist but she is an author a model and she corrects me but she had modelled, maybe she's not now, but she could. Um, a mother, an actor, um, and she's proof of what good training and discipline re- results get because she has an amazing physique. But she 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 loves it, she lives for it, and, and that's that's she really thrives on it. Um, again, I really do appreciate her time because she is busy, and she just gave me an open window to chat. I asked her if, like, put the questions to her and, and we, we chatted about it, but she she was wonderful. She's also, and this is probably where we swapped or traded info at the start, uh, reality TV. She's a massive, massive Survivor fan and she wants to get on Survivor. So 
we're going to have to come up with an option of how we can uh, pander to Endemol Shine to get Annie on there. She'd be a perfect contestant. She's a mixed psychologist and she's a fitness freak. What, what a perfect place. So without further ado, why don't we get into this interview and, um, yeah, we'll uh, see what she has to say. I love this chat. This chat was very open and honest. I've never met Annie. And she was very forthcoming, and I, again, I said I appreciate the time. So here we go. What I am going to say, which this will go in the podcast, is that prior to this little chat we have, I've, I've done a promo or an an introduction for you anyway that says that you are – and I stole it from your side, of course. Yeah. Um, 20 years experience, expe- specialise in – as a clinical psychologist, depression, anxiety, health sports psychology, trauma, victims counselling and positive psychology. Yes. Provide counselling and cognitive behaviour therapy. I'm a big fan of, of CBT. Okay, good. And I, I think it's um, it's a – it gets to the key of why so many people suffer from things that they do. Yeah, and it's the mo- it has the most evidence behind it, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that that's where you come back to um, empirical evidence, where you look at it and you can actually show. On top yeah. of that, I, I was a follower of yours on Twitter and Instagram, so that's what I sort that's of want to mention. Ah. Um, and I again, I often say this to people when I follow. I don't know how I come across. Um, your profile, but I did. You know what I mean? Well, I assume it's because um, both of us comment on reality TV shows. Yeah, it's probably a big part. So I, th- I, I always like um, follow people who have a humour. So yeah. you probably came onto my radar as somebody having a really good sense of humour. Well, it, it, what what it also works for me is when I'm watching it and I and I question myself and I'm watching it, think, why am I locked into this shit? <laughs> and then then there's someone with 20 years experience in clinical psychology watching it and commenting. And I'm going, okay, it's not just me. <laughs> you don't feel so bad, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but also on top of that, you're also an author, a mother, a model, yeah. an actress. Well, previous model. <laughs> yeah, still. Yeah. Yeah, um, I said actress, but uh, the the PC thing I think is now actor. Okay, yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> I don't. I don't. I'm. I'm. I'm very anti PC. You can. You can say actress. Yeah, cool. Mind. That's what I'm doing. I, <laughs> I don't fit the norm of society. No, neither do I. It's probably one of the things that I like about you. Uh, that I liked about you on Twitter that you're not politically correct. No, no. <laughs> but I do need to establish right now that you are not, in fact, a musician, Saint Vincent. No, I am not. Okay. She stole my website address so that I had – I couldn't use AnnieClark.com. She yeah. stole my AnnieClark.com and so I had to go AnnieClark.com.au. But, yes, no, we are not one in the same. Isn't that ironic that she took your website and yet she calls herself St. Vincent? I know. I feel like it's very unfair. Yeah. <laughs> she should be reined in. Although I don't mind uh, – um, although I don't mind having an AU on the end. I'm I'm a proud Australian. Well, it's funny you say that because I could not get GorillaRadio.com. Really? Yeah, someone's had it and has locked it off, and they don't use it. It belongs to someone else, and 
Oh. Yeah, can't get hold of it. So I took AU and then afterwards went, yeah, no, I'm down with that. I've actually got UK as well. So oh, okay. if I ever decide to take off to the UK, not likely. Yeah. A bit past that. Yeah. Um, the okay. reason that I got in contact with you and, and it was perfect, I actually heard you on another podcast. League Freaks? Yeah, which are the guys that are tied up with Rugby League. And, and I'm all about publicising podcasts. So it doesn't – I don't mm. do this one, you can't do say this or that one, whatever. I yep. um, I truly encourage people to listen to it. I, I just want to get them away from radio stations. That In the top 100 podcasts that listen across Australia, majority, 90% are radio stations. Oh, really? And I feel that they've got their medium. Stay over yeah. there, you know. Yeah. So give it to other people. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. And I know that – um. I think they go by Fergo and the Freak. I think that's was yeah, it? yeah, yeah. They um they are absolute rugby league nuts. Like yes, they, I know. <laughs> I I thought I've got a good grip on rugby league rugby league knowledge. These guys are just and statistics are just amazing. So yeah, I know. I was terrified he was going to ask me a question about South that I wouldn't know because I'm a fan of South, but um. I'm not all up on the stats, so luckily he didn't do that. <laughs> Have you always been a Bunnies fan? Yes, I've always been a Bunnies fan. Yeah, okay. I um, One of my best mates, their whole family are, are South Sydney. Like everyone, all in sundry that's attached to them are South Sydney fans. And it's, uh, yes. and it's now you watch it follow through the next generation, like all the girls, they, they, their daughters are all South Sydney fans. Well, it's a very tight-knit community. I actually got into it because of Russell Crowe. Okay. And... Then the Burgess brothers, quite impressive. And so then I was like, yeah, this is a good team to follow. <laughs> I do like the, the way that you say, quite impressive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm a single woman. What can I say? Yeah, they're, and they're big men. They are very big men. Large lumps. I think, it, <laughs> I think that's uh, impressive. No, they're a good – so for me, I'm, I'm actually a Parramatta fan. Oh, are you? Yeah, born and – Good old I'm, eels. Always since the eighties, I've just yeah, I stuck okay. in it. And um, but South are like my uh, second, I say second team because oh, I, nice. I, I live with that family that are a crazy South supporters. But also, they went through they, they tried to kick a, a, a foundation team out of the competition, which was just how that ever happened has got me mind blown. So yeah, I like seeing them fight back. Yeah. I like that Russell's throwing a lot of money behind them to. Mm. To, to make him a quality team and have Sorry, I'm not sure. Oh, I've got Alexa in the background telling me stuff now. Oh no, turn Alexa off. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and and that he's actually trying to build uh, a mentality within that club. So Yeah. I think it's good. Yeah, it works. So that's a outside of that, one of the main things to get you on after listening to on the podcast was that you are a mental health professional, but you specialize in uh, exercise being a key to helping mental health? Yeah, well, I've done a lot of research on it and it's a personal um, passion for me because my two passions are fitness and mental health and so it's kind of like combining my two passions. Yep. So, yeah, something I really believe in. Is it possible? So so the, the three things that I often talk about, and this is particularly I, I talk about my son when he's trying to manage his mental health is sleep, a healthy diet and uh, exercise. Well, yeah, they're the core of self-care, yeah. which is where you want to go first, you know. That's like the first-line treatment is self-care, the exercise, diet, sleep. 
if you've got those right and there's still issues, then then you seek professional help. Yeah, exactly. But they, are, that's a real good basis to start from, yeah? Oh, 100%, yes. Okay. So, so now that we're talking about that you're a huge advocate um, and managing mental health, how important is it to maintain some form of exercise during this time, being that they're saying that the gyms are going to be closed until September, I think they're saying? Yeah. So um, I've done a lot of research on the benefits of exercise for mood, particularly depression, and what the research has found is that it's not only an effective treatment for depression, but it can prevent depression from occurring and prevent a relapse. And they've found in older adults that exercise can be as equally as effective as, as an SSRI antidepressant. Not only that, that um, an increase of physical activity from inactive to, to exercising three times a week resulted in a 20% increase or decrease, sorry, in the risk of depression over a five-year period. Wow. And regular exercises, even with subclinical depressive symptoms, can experience a short-term lift in mood after a single bout of exercise. So probably most of your listeners would be would fall into that category that, you know, even after one session of exercise um, with a sort of low mood, they can they can feel better afterwards yeah yeah and it can be the antidepressant effects associated with exercise can be achieved equally through aerobic and anaerobic exercise so um what people can do during the covid isolation is that the sunday telegraph or the daily telegraph put out a list of activities that are allowable and there's still plenty of things that people can do yeah yeah. These are things like walking, running, swimming, bodyweight exercises such as push-ups, sit-ups, squats, burpees, yoga, golf. I think golf's still allowed. I think um, it's. I don't know if it's allowed in New South Wales. It's not allowed in Victoria because I've been seeing uh, okay. Sam Newman carrying on about it. Oh, okay. Uh, what about tennis? Because tennis was allowed. I'm not sure about tennis I'm now. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but things like Pilates, Tai Chi, horse riding. I've been running around Centennial Park and noticed that horse riding is still allowed. Uh, rock climbing, kayaking, as long as you're in the kayak on your own. Yep. Solo boxing, dancing and Zumba. So there's still plenty of things that you can do during this um, isolation period that will lift your mood. So in, in realistic terms, there isn't an excuse no. To, to say that you can't do something. Correct. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And the way to motivate people, because there's some listeners out there that would be like, nah, don't really feel like it. The, these are the mechanisms for how it boosts mood. So first of all, it can be a distraction from, from worries and rumination. So if people are sitting at home doing a, not doing a lot, they're more likely to worry and ruminate. So exercise can, can break that. It can also interrupt that inactivity cycle mm. if, if people are home like working from home it's not so bad but the people at home not working you know they've got a long a lot of hours that they you know don't really have a lot to do apart from watch netflix and 
it's just not healthy to watch Netflix 12 hours a day, seven days a week. No, no. Um, the other thing is, is that it releases endorphins. So I know that after I run through Centennial Park and go for a nice long run, I just feel so good, not only during but afterwards as well. And it increases um, neurotransmitters like serotonin and dopamine. It can also burn off stress chemicals like cortisol and adrenaline. So a lot of people have been under a lot of stress due to this COVID situation and would be releasing a lot of stress hormones. So exercise can help burn those off. Yeah. yeah. And it also improves sleep. Yes, yes, that's a huge one, isn't it? Yeah, which is which has affected a lot of people due to these changes because a lot of people are having trouble settling and they've gotten out of their sleep cycle. So yeah. it can help people feel tired enough to sleep. Yeah. The, also, the other thing is um, it gives you an increased sense of control and in this period of lack of control, it's one thing that they can do have control over and can give them a feeling of control. And last but not least, it's some social interaction. And what I mean by that is, you know, I know that we have to have social distancing, but I know for myself that just going to Centennial Park and being to being able to visually see other people makes me feel less alone. So even if you're exercising outdoors and you and you see other people, it's just you just feel less isolated. Mm, participating in life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And realizing that you're not the only one on the planet. <laughs> yeah. Which you can feel like when you're at home alone. <laughs> when just before you mentioned um, antidepressants and they fell under the category of what what did you say they were? There's um, different categories. There's SSRIs, SSRIs and, yeah. and SNRIs and tricyclic. They're the main three. Okay, so SSRI, which probably be, would you say is probably the most popular? Just, I just wanted to pick up on, so people that don't know what SSRIs are. Yeah, so SSRIs uh, would be a first-line treatment for a GP or psychiatrist to prescribe. They're serotonin, so selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. Yep. So they increase serotonin and they're things like Zoloft, Arapax, Lovan, Prozac, they're the main SSRIs. Yeah. Um, SNRIs will are selective norad like serotonin and noradrenaline reuptake inhibitors. So they'll increase both serotonin and noradrenaline. Uh, the main there's three: the Effexor, Pristique, and Cipramil. So they are a bit stronger, but also they have they tend to have a few more side effects because they're a bit stronger. And then the third line would be tricyclics, which are the older the older ones that basically they increase a lot of neurotransmitters, but at the same time because of that they have a lot of side mm -hmm. effects. So people usually discontinue those because of side effects such as dry mouth, insomnia, anxiety. They can be quite um, detrimental in terms of side effects. Yeah. So where – and I just want to emphasise this fact of – with what you're doing in clinical um, psychology and using CBT, your idea is to not, um, well, I don't say not use these drugs, but use other alternatives such as um, healthcare and, and keeping fit in order to not have to use these drugs, correct? Yeah, well, interestingly, I also have experience in uh, pharmaceuticals. So I used to be um, a pharmaceutical rep 
promoting yep. antidepressants and antipsychotics. So I have a good understanding of what they do and and their place. And I and I am not anti um, these medications, but what I do believe though is that the best the best approach that somebody should do if they if they're feeling depressed that they first look after their self-care which is sleep exercise and diet yep. if that doesn't help then they go on to counseling and give that a, tr- a trial for at least a couple of months if they're still feeling severely depressed then introduce medications then yeah yeah but medications alone is not really looking at the full picture because Depression is all, is two parts. There's a chemical and an, an environmental. So the antidepressants can take care of the chemical imbalance, but they they're not addressing the environmental factors that are contributing to to depression. And that's that's where counselling and cognitive behavioural therapy come in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can tell you, I spent roughly twelve years using Zoloft. Oh, okay, and, that's a good one. And then, but what I found is that from a, a creativity point of view, it just flat lines you yeah you don't have the highs and the lows you just are somewhere in the middle correct um and then i sought help and um through psychologists i started with a counselor and i actually had a counselor that was a female and a psychologist was a male to get a, a balance okay that's good and um yeah I, I swear by mental health professionals if you get a good one and you get someone that that wants to help and, and isn't there yeah. just to to click the the Medicare banner, then yeah, it, it makes a, a hell of a difference. So yeah, I just I just wanted to point out when when you were talking about um, the SSRIs for people that don't know that mm. there is an alternative that your GP will give you. Yeah, but it doesn't mean that your GP knows where you're at in your mental health cycle. They just yeah. go to and and my guy was good and we spoke about it and he said try this if it doesn't work and he said and then when I came off it he said don't just drop it wean yourself off it which i did and um yeah yeah it's it's i've still got to you know to deal with it on a on a a week-to-week basis but that's that's life and and particularly now people are far more aware of uh, mental health yeah they are um and and my argument to these people is engage with someone that knows what they're talking about engage with a professional and, and and get an opinion from a professional and then You'll actually you'll feel better about yourself when you do so. Yeah, hundred percent. And I'm really glad to hear that you found benefit from psychological therapy. That's oh. that's really great to hear. And you're right; it does depend on the therapeutic relationship. Yeah, it does. You know, I find it's so important to build good rapport with my clients and having have that sort of caring attitude and that unconditional positive regard, so that so that people do make positive changes and can benefit from therapy yeah and And yeah it is available to them through through medicare and the difference between a a gp and a a psychologist is that gps often are time constrained and they'll have maybe 15 minutes to spend with the person whereas a psychologist will the sessions are an hour and you know i really try and understand the history of a person i go into their background i talk about you know, what thoughts are contributing to their depression and work on challenging those. So it's just a more sort of thorough, in-depth approach um, yeah. that, can, yeah. that can help along with the GP, you know, and, and or a psychiatrist. 
Yeah. yeah. And actually that brings it as a question further down the track, but I'll um I'll bring it up now because it you can you can get a referral from uh your GP to a psych, a psychologist. Now yeah. um do you want to explain how the five and five system works? It's actually a six and four. So okay. you get you get six initial sessions and then after after that you the, the client needs to go back to the GP for a review. And if they still need the sessions, they can get four. So that's through Medicare. But clients also have other options. For example, if they've been the victim of a crime, they can get free counselling through victim services, um, which is which offer 22 hours of counselling. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, there's also work cover that clients can come through work cover if they had an injury at work. And generally, they usually provide eight and then the per the patient can have more if it's requested and needed. Yeah. Because, yeah, like Medicare is quite um, ten, 10 sessions is often not not enough. Yeah. Medicare, I think Medicare is quite optimistic in terms of how, how quick things happen and um, what clients actually need. And it would be it would be good if the government acknowledged that, you yeah, know, more yeah. sessions are necessary than 10. But you know, at least, at least they provide um, some support in that regard. Yeah, and I think I think for people that are a bit hesitant, and I, and I say the word hesitant, I wish people weren't. I wish they were far more open to understanding how important it is to talk to a professional. Mm. Um, but this is a good lever in. My understanding too is, if you want to go back to your GP after the six and four, um, if you haven't. Because you can't solve some issues in 10 sessions. It's just not possible. Mm. Um, then the GP will, I believe, can write another referral? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, no. Medicare allows 10 sessions per year. Oh, okay. It's so, around I year. mean, often um, what will happen is the client will have, say, if they start coming to see you in, say, October – they might have four sessions in that year and then they go back and ask for more and it's the new year then yeah. they can have then they can have six and then another four do not actually they can have six and then they can request another four if that four is in a new financial year then they can request another six because yeah. it's 10 yeah okay it's 10 all up so yeah it is it does it is a bit confusing for everyone. But it is there it, to be utilised. Yes, yeah. 100%. Okay. Awesome. So now I, I yeah. think that that will give people a better understanding. I, I don't know. Sometimes people need that little push to, to do it and I'm, I'm not kicking anyone up the ass to say you have to see, you have to see. But what I am saying is if other avenues haven't helped, um, then, then by please, please take the time, because no one wants to be a statistic, and unfortunately, you can get yeah. so far down in your emotions, it just it, it can take over. Yeah, and suicide is a real is a real issue in Australia, particularly yeah. among males. It's hard. And so, yeah, it is. It really is. It's like more more people are dying of suicide than you know, car accidents and stuff and it's it's a real issue that really needs to be addressed because it's such it's so sad that um the loss of somebody through their 
their own hand and when it's avoidable, yeah. if, you know, if they sometimes they just need to reach out and um and and, and in saying that if even if people are scared to present face to face or they or they don't feel like they can afford the gap in fees then there's also um obviously they can call lifeline yep. which is 13 11 14 and at the moment there's also a coronavirus mental well-being support service which is 1800 512 348 so you know if they're if they don't have the courage to get you know go to their gp and get a mental health care plan and reach out to a psychologist they could this can be kind of a step yeah in the right direction yeah and it might be just um, worth just talking to someone to to yeah. um to break that ice basically oh. and it's anonymous and it's 100 percent confidential so yeah, it's, um, which a GP, which is which a psychologist is as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, I want to ask you about meditation. What are your thoughts on meditation? And well, meditation is a funny one because I personally find or found meditation really tricky because I'm like a type A personality. When I train, I like training hard. I'm like, you know, um, so I can understand why why people struggle with meditation but in saying that it's it's just it's so good for you it's so good in terms of quieting the mind and helping you feel more centered yeah so you know it can actually change brain waves it's particularly good for people who are anxious okay and um what i found helpful is an app called insight timer Okay. It's actually a free a free app, um, and you can choose times and themes. So if you're just getting into it, you could choose ten minutes, and you could choose you know focusing on boosting your immunity or better sleep. Or uh, it's just an easier way to get into it because somebody else is is guiding you through it rather than trying to trying to do it yourself. Oh, so it's a like a, a spoken. Um meditation where someone yeah they they have guided meditations which is so much easier than just trying to meditate on your own because basically meditating on your own is just focusing on your breathing yeah and if somebody's particularly agitated or um or distressed they can find that hard to do they can find it more agitating and distressing because they feel like they're not doing it right or they you know they can they can be too judgmental around it Whereas if somebody else is guiding you through it, it's a lot easier just to follow what they're saying. Oh, I'm going to put that in the, the show notes link too. But I, um, I'll get onto that because many years ago I had um, meditation down pat. I had it sorted. It took me ages. Oh, yes. It took me about two and a half years well to get to that. <laughs> yeah. But no, I'm, I'm not there now. It's Oh, really? Yeah. It's, it's really, changed. Yeah, it's real. Uh, life. Um, okay. <laughs> circumstances, um, relationship okay. falling apart and yeah, I, I lost it, it all. Is, it is a lot harder when you're distressed than I just, when I you... I just can't switch. Like I struggle to switch my brain off. It's, it's Yeah, it's, well, see, it's not about switching your brain off. It's about using your focusing your brain on something else because you can never switch your brain off unless you're asleep. Yeah. So it's more about diverting your brain from 
from ruminating over over a problem yeah. to focusing on just your breathing. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm going to get back to. So I'm actually going to check this out, Inside Time, Insight Timer. Yeah, I-N-S-I-G-H-T. Okay. And the other word is T-I-M-E-R. They're separate words. And, yeah, it's a free app that I personally found really helpful. Okay. That sounds like an awesome idea, especially, especially for people that are really struggling during this time in lockdown where yeah. um, many people, particularly extroverts, that yes. are really used to being around people and focusing and getting their energy yeah. from others. Yeah, definitely. It's funny you should say that because um, out of my clients, the introverts are loving it. Yeah. You know, I speak to my introverted clients and they're like, ah, the isolation doesn't bother me at all. You know, I love working from home and, you know, I don't need to go out and see people. But the extroverts are really struggling. They're struggling not being able to yeah. go to restaurants, go to the movies, go to the bars go to the clubs because yeah they get their energy from other people and yeah it's hard for them to not have that source of um feel good yeah it's like a um a form of um deprivation when yeah, yeah it is well, I, it's funny you should say that because they used to use taught that as torture they use, they use that as punishment in jails people um isolating people yeah. uh, or you know in in japanese Prison camps, they used to torture people by isolating them. So, you know, there is that there is that element of torture being, you know, sitting at home with four walls around you and not much other stimulation. Yeah. I mean, luckily we luckily we have we do have distractions such as TV and and movies and Netflix that obviously they don't have, but you know, that but the lack of social connection oh. Is quite painful uh, for yeah, some people, and there's a difference between there's a difference between face to face and say FaceTime, because it's interesting. Because I've got a with my clients, I have a combination of you know people braving the outside world and coming in to see me in my office, um, clients who are seeing me through video conferencing, and clients who I I do phone conferencing with. And it, there's such a big difference between face-to-face and phone that I didn't realise until I was put into the situation. Yeah, okay. There's so, just something about having that eye contact and that energy in the room that's that's very unique that you, can, you that you don't get on FaceTime and phone. I mean, sure, you can still do it, but um, there's it's kind of like nothing beats sort of being in the room with a person. Yeah, reading someone's non-verbal communication as in body language. Yeah, is, really important. Yeah, and I, I can notice that from, from a podcasting point of view where like obviously interviewing you know, via phone or Skype or whatever we do, that there has that basis. But when you when I used to do a podcast with um, someone with me, mm. I, I could read their body language as to where they were going with a point that we were talking about or, or their response. And when you take that out of the equation – of everyday life, yeah, yeah. Um, and particularly in your role where you're trying to help someone, it's 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 mm. hard to delve without sort of and presuming. I mean, your job is never about presuming; it's about questioning. But it's it's mm. tough. It's tough. It's it's it, obviously the times got tougher for you at the moment. Yeah, 
I mean, it's still possible and I'm still glad that I can help people through this time, but I will be glad when things go back to normal and I can, I can see my, my clients face to face, which I'm sure be as well. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I will list your social media. Um, do you want me to list in the notes where you are, where they can contact you from a professional point of view? Yeah, that's fine. Um, they can, you can list my office in Ramwick yep. and my uh, work number if you like and also my email if they have any questions. Yeah, well, I, I just wanted to check before, yeah, because I don't want to get the wrong people messaging you obviously. So, uh, <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. Okay, so we've covered off on exercise, how important that is. Now that's one of your, your key factors. Um, yes. And anyone that hasn't seen any or hasn't checked out her – Instagram, what you'll see is a very well-disciplined and fit woman. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I do my best. <laughs> does that come with a lot of work? Because, yeah. Well, actually, I love it though. Like, you know, other people see it as work, but I'm one that practices what she preaches and I personally feel so much better when I exercise than when I don't. Yeah. So... You know, I, I do it not because I have to, but because I love it. Yeah. Because I, not, and like everybody else, I, sometimes I don't necessarily feel like it, but that doesn't stop me because I know how good I'll feel afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I I, I run or do some form of exercise minimum of three times a week just because it keeps me balanced and sane. You know, and I feel so much better afterwards. I sleep better, uh, eat better. I'm just a nicer person to be around because I feel more calm and in um, control. Yeah, exactly. Would anyone would anyone ever say you maybe might be a control freak? Would anyone dare say that? Absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I I wasn't pointing that out. As I, I think, like it's it's when you look into someone you, and you look at their profile and you look at their psyche and their and their their fitness level and you're like, man, that person's disciplined. So, <laughs> I'm not as disciplined as um, say a personal trainer, but yeah. Well, um, you're actually fitter than some personal trainers I've seen. <laughs> do you do you exercise? Yeah, I do. Nowhere near enough. I um. What do you do? So I was in the gym. I'm not a runner. I've got um, both my knees are stuffed from football. Ah, okay. And um, I've had two reconstructions and one's sort of went again and it needs to get done. So um, I love my mountain bike, although I'd love to see it come back. My son has um, (laughs) – I actually gave – well, I gave it to my son when he lost his licence. I don't even think that he used it. And, oh, and uh, how, how old is he? He's twenty-four. Okay. So he, um, I got a twenty-four-year-old son and a twenty-three-year-old daughter, and and it's quite okay. ironic that they were both in the club industry from when they left school while they were studying, and now they're oh. both out, thank God, because otherwise they'd be without work. Um, yeah. But he, um, yeah, he, uh, I say confiscated. It was lent to him, and now he's saying to me, "I think I'm going to go and get it serviced. I'm going to get back into it." I'm like. Well, if you don't, you know, you can uh, drop it back here. And he's, yeah. We'll yeah. See. We'll see. So I miss my mountain bike. I, I love that. And, um, and oh, you might have to get another one. Yeah, I think I do, actually. I think that's. that's... I'm not a big fan of mountain biking because I broke my collarbone mountain biking. 
Yeah, that'll do it. That's enough. Have you have you broken bones? I have not done anything but broken fingers playing rugby league. That was it. Or rugby Please. union. I, I, I never never have not, no broken bones and it's ironic. But knees, I've done twisted knees. And yeah. Yeah. That's, um yeah, and that's just, I think that's a, a, a boy thing. Yeah. You're um, tough. Yeah. Your bones are strong. <laughs> so I'm missing the gym, but I'm, because of, of that, I think my discipline has slid out the door and. Um, my motivation to do so is just like, yeah. And when they said September, that was a big. Oh, that was that's a, a long time not yeah, to exercise. Yeah, and that was where I was sort of now rethinking the whole process of, well, I get a mountain bike or will I just get a a bike inside. Um, you know, I need to do more out. Yeah, indoor, indoor bike could be good, or else even just walking. Like, is it is there places around where you live that you can? Yeah, walk? yeah, yeah. There's plenty. It's actually funny. I was walking and there's a park opposite where I live, like cricket pitch, and it's got like a a full concreted path around. And it's got exercise machines, which have all been taped up by the yeah. council. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. But um, when I was walking back the other night, there was a guy out on his veranda in the apartment, probably three levels or four levels above me, and he's got his bike set up outside on the veranda with a TV screen uh-huh. and he's like hooked into it. Like he was riding like he was in the Tour de France. So <laughs> Okay. That's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. I thought, okay, that's not bad. It's funny you should say that because as soon as the gym's closed, I ordered a bike online. I paid for it. And then a couple of days later, I get this email saying, oh, no, sorry, we sold out. And I was like, oh. Yeah. So I was so gutted. I was like, mm, well, I'll just get into running then. <laughs> yeah, no, it's – it's so weights, bikes, treadmills, it was mm. – everyone just bombarded the industry. Like yeah. Like behind toilet paper, everyone went nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have so you got toilet paper? I, I do. I do. Okay. So – I, I I only just mentioned this in a in a previous podcast, but I I was pretty cool with it because I'm single. I live by myself. I know I buy the double length rolls. I I never yeah. had to think about it before. Yeah, I'd get down to the last two and go. Oh, I suppose I should buy some, and then yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd be right for two or three months. Like it was no issue. And, yeah, and then um, I sort of got down to the last two rolls and went, oh, okay. And then last week I walked past. I was in an Audi and they had a pallet on the floor with 12 rolls and I went, well, that'll do me to the end of the year. So, Oh, perfect. Yeah. I, I, I never – I just wish people like, – I get angry with people that buy into that and got involved with that. Um, Hoarding. Yeah, just the mentality. Yeah. And, and like, yeah. And then on the back end of it, you had people trying to sell hand sanitizer for thirty dollars each, and I know it's and really it, taking this, isn't it? Yeah, and it's not, you know, and and this is where we come back to being an Australian. I'm not PC. The Aussie way is to get in and help everyone, and and now I think yeah. that's just that's just up in the abuse for people abusing others, and yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not agree. a fan, and it pissed me off. And I, but it was the argument was that even if I talk about it all, I, I have no. Um, skin in the game. It means nothing what I say. Um, you've mm. just got to appeal to people's um, honest side and just go, fuck, take what you need, you know. And if, if you're going to yeah, take yeah, more, fairness. Yeah. yeah, find someone like older people or your next door neighbor or someone that you know, your grandparents or whoever it is, and find mm. someone and go, hey, you guys right? Because I, I was lucky enough to pick this up, but I've got some extra. Like that's the mentality that I was raised with. 
Yeah. And that's yeah. why I get frustrated when when that has slid out the door. But then I talk to friends' parents, another generation older than me, and mm. they talk about, you know, like I, know I always refer back to this, but one of my best mate's parents, his mum grew up in Surrey Hills and his father grew up in Newtown. And mm. on their Newtown house it was literally, you know, five metres off the, off the pathway. Mm. And in summertime they slept with the front door open because it was too hot. Well, yeah, I mean, I remember growing up that, you know, you you played with the kids in the neighbourhood. Like you, you you played outside until like the sun went down and... Streetlights came on. Exactly. And, you know, you never worried about getting kidnapped or anything. You just kind of, you know, hung out with the neighbourhood kids and did a lot of stuff outside. And then, you know, when it came time to come in, yeah, there was no sort of... Uh, there's no, not as much fear as there is now around, yeah. you know, the house getting broken into or the, like there was more, there was more a sense of community and I think that it's sad that over time that that's reduced. Yeah, yeah. And I think that, but that's what I like about the coronavirus situation, hearing stories where that's come back in, where people are now talking to their neighbours and meeting people close by. Yeah. I think that that's one of the positives that's come out of it. Yeah, I, I like in the um, in the UK. I think it's a little bit in the US, but not so much out here at all. But at seven o'clock of the evening in the UK, people walk outside and um, and just start clapping in oh, okay. being thankful for the NHS and all the people working in the health service. Oh, and, yeah, good idea. So you've got streets lined with people just applauding, like oh, nice. Yeah, it's just a sense of you know. Thank you, that sort community. of thing. Yeah, community. That's well, exactly. I loved, I, loved, uh, I loved the videos that were coming out of Italy of people having parties on their balconies yeah. and yeah. You know, playing music and dancing and Did you see you know, the, calling to each other. I, I loved that. I thought it was great. Did you see the um, Spanish police drive down a street and then a, a couple of – they were all in uniform and they jump out of the cars – and everyone's on the yeah. verandas. And he, one of them starts playing the guitar and the other three coppers are singing. Yeah, yeah. And the crowd <laughs> joins in and then they jump back in and they drive down another 100 metres and they do it again. It was, I think that's a great idea. Yeah. You know, the more fun you can have around it, the better. There's also a viral video. I'll see if I can find it for you. There's a guy who lived across the way from a woman um, uh-huh. in the building. like, And he could see her. And she had headphones on, and she was up on the on the top floor dancing. Just oh, okay, yeah. So he was like, doing samba or something. Yeah. <laughs> so he saw her and went, and obviously, you know, the savvy generation pull out your mobile phone, and start filming, and he's saying, "I want to meet her." So he got mm-hmm. his drone and flew his oh. drone over with a phone number. Oh, really? And then they started talking, and then they would have virtual dates from their verandas. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I'll find, I'll find the video and I'll send it to you. And that's yeah, yeah, thanks. That, I love stories like that. Yeah, because that restores humanity. Like it sort of makes you go, yeah, okay. Yeah, and did you see about that? Somebody anonymous. Um, you know how the government gave the seven hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah. So somebody anonymously donated that seven hundred and fifty to a cafe owner somewhere i believe in australia and i thought with a note saying you know we're we're pensioners we're fine we don't need it but we wanted to give it to you because we realized you're struggling at the moment and you've been such a 
positive face in the community and you're always happy and cheerful regardless of circumstances. So we wanted you to have this 750 and I thought, oh, that's yeah. such a nice, nice, generous and kind thing to do. And uh, yeah, I just love hearing stories about that because that's something that you won't hear on the news. And I think that people who are struggling with mental illness should avoid watching the news because it can be quite negative and, yeah. um, you know, all the bad stories and, and they catastrophize and it just it gets a bit too much for some people. Yeah, it does. So it I think, does. you know, as long as you as long as you long know the COVID basics, as long as you are, you know, informed about latest updates, I think that's all you need really. Yeah, I, I was watching... I was about to say, I don't know what I was watching. Bullshit, I know. I was watching Married at First Sight. And, um, oh, yes. And what would happen was if I watched it live, which was very rarely, but then I got into, I got into a situation where I'd watch it live. Um, and yeah. afterwards they would, Channel 9 would have an update and say, oh, we're going to, I thought, okay, this works. But then it was every night and it was, and I don't watch a lot of commercial TV. Okay. I watch ABC, SBS, and then I watch streaming services. So, um, Netflix, Stan or Amazon Prime, whatever I can find on those. And so I was watching yep. Peter Overton talk about it. I went, okay. So I watched the first day. The second day he's telling me the same thing. The third day he's telling me the same thing. I'm like, fuck, Pete, change your, like, you know. Yeah, really. Yeah, come. Change your story. Yeah. So what I got into <laughs> listening to at 8 o'clock every morning was Gladys Berichickley and would do an update on um, – well, all the stations had it, I believe, but I'd watch it through um, Periscope and 8 o'clock every yeah. morning she would give the latest update. This is where we're at. This is the people. Here's someone from the medical community. Here, medical community person, come in and tell them, blah, 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 blah. Okay, we've got this. Yeah. And and it was it was actually – I'm not a Gladys fan, but mm. I'm thinking she's doing her job to the best of her ability and she's trying to help people good on her. And that was yeah. – she's not trying to win tickets. She's not trying to sell advertising. She's not no. trying to sensationalise no, no. it. She's going, this is what it is. And even um, the Prime Minister, like, I mean, he's had a, a, a hectic six months. Um, yes, he has. From, he's copped a lot. Oh, you know, and, and people have got to realise that you, either you like him or you don't, it's up to you. But, like, he's one man trying yeah. to perform a job. And I feel like this is yeah. – this will be his – what he's remembered for because he's really dug deep. And you see him in press interviews and he's like, you can see he's out on his feet, his body language, he's tired, his face, he looks. Yeah. And it's like. Yeah, you can tell he's strong. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel for the guy because he's got such a hard job and I, it's like he copped a lot of flack for the, his handling of the fires. Yeah. And I think since then he's tried to make up for it in terms of handling the coronavirus situation and. I I get the impression he's doing the best he can and taking advice from the experts and yeah, trying yeah. to protect the community. I, don't, I agree, agree 100%. I, I think his heart's in exactly the right place. I think he believes in mm. what he's doing is the right thing. I think with the fires, I, I do honestly believe he was not given the right information on how to handle the situation because mm. it made him look very awkward. And people are going to remember they're not like, Charismatic politics is a long way away. That was that was the eighties. It's it's gone yeah. now. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's no. There's no. It's Bob Hawks are very rare. Yes. Yes. Even Paul. Because he was very charismatic. Oh, 
I love Bob. Yeah. And I love Paul Keating. Like, but you yeah, could, both of those are very popular. But you couldn't get away with um, what they said and how they acted now because society's changed. Um, yeah, true. Like my son, when I talk to my son about politicians and I was giving him a lesson on Gough Whitlam the other day and he, he was like, what? And I'm like, yeah, okay, so you need to read up on this. <laughs> I, I, I can't, you know, I wasn't there at the time. I'm only giving you the background but you need to do some. And he came out as one of his favourites yeah. was Kevin Rudd and I was like, okay, that's your age. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's, I guess <laughs> yeah. that's what you've seen. That's what you know. That's what he's experienced. Yeah. Well, I, I felt sorry for poor Kev getting knifed in the back. Oh. It, I didn't. I didn't know. It was, I'm, well, it was the most farcical thing since 1975 when Goff got the arse. Like it, it was the most yeah. farcical and it, and it just didn't install faith in, in Australian politics at all. But I yeah, said and that. Yeah, didn't do Julia, didn't, didn't do Julia Gillard any favours. No, she, she no. Started, she started on the wrong foot. Yeah. And people disliked her. Yeah. And she never kind of recovered. And, and then. Real terms, it's the ugliest popularity competition in the world because you, even if you yeah. get it right, you're only going to be right for a small amount of time because there's going to be the people that find you wrong. And well, exactly, and you're only, and you're only going to be you're only going to keep a certain percentage happy. It's yeah. like being a celebrity. You know, eighty percent of people will love you, but twenty percent of people will hate you. I think in politics, it's more like fifty fifty, but. You know, it's it's it would be a hard job to have. Yeah. It'd be you know because obviously the supporters, it's great having all those supporters and all that f- positive feedback. But at this, in the same breath, you'd also have to cop a lot of criticism and a lot of oh, scrutiny, yeah. and right. you know that would take a lot of mental, mental and emotional fitness and oh. resilience to be able to be able to do that because it's just part of the job. I I always say. If you can find a, um, a picture of the president or prime minister or whoever it is, whatever nation when they started, and particularly America, yeah, because, when they finished, and have oh a look at when they finished, yeah, yeah, and men, yeah. always in men, um, yeah, and I always they always get more grey hairs, yeah, or bald. <laughs> that's that's the only two. That's the only. Yeah, well, actually, that's not going to happen to Trump because he wears the oh. hairpiece, so. <laughs> He dis- he, his he dis- hair's not going to change. He disgusts me, that man. <laughs> I can't look at him now and not see where the orange starts and the orange finishes on his face. Yeah, yeah. He <laughs> honestly disgusts me. And the things that he says, he's, uh, he's, he's well, a marketing dream. Whole, well, he really is because he's just, I mean, I I try and find the humour in it because... If uh, if I didn't, I'd probably cry. But I actually find him quite humorous because just the things he does and says, it's like I'm constantly like, are you serious? Yeah. It's like when he ta- was telling people to drink Lysol or yeah. inject Lysol or whatever he was saying. I was like, really, dude? Would you really say that Yeah. in the midst of a pandemic when people may believe you, you know? <laughs> like- and, how, how, and think about this. That's the man that started the year in talking about things like that. And he starts with, we're going to testing. We're going to, we're going to do the best testing. Our testing is going to be the best. Oh, that's his whole thing. And then he gets on to Lysol yeah, yeah. and then he gets we're on the to, best and it's the Yeah. And there's all of this. And he could possibly be voted in for another term at the end of this year. 
Yeah, he could possibly because he's got followers that are following that whole make Australia, make, sorry, make America great again yeah. sort of uh, the, the line of thinking. Yeah, and yeah. yeah, and also the people who appreciate his honesty and his, in his, the fact that he's not PC. Yeah, yeah. I do. That's one thing I do actually admire about him that he's not afraid to offend people. As in, he's he's he he owns his beliefs. He owns what he thinks, and he doesn't sort of sit there and go, "Oh well, if I say this, I can't say this because I'm going to offend all the bleeding hearts." And you know, mm, but that's because he's. Psychopathic. I feel like, yeah, oh, yes, he is. Actually, he is. He is the perfect example of a narcissist. Narcissistic psychopath. He is one hundred percent because yes. he can't see yes. fault in anything he says. Nah. And he believes it. Nah. And he has a complete lack of empathy. Oh, it has none. Has complete. zero. Yeah. And he's constantly promoting himself. Constantly. Yeah. yeah that's about, the narcissism. You know, yeah. all I had this many. I have this many followers, and this many people came to my. Talks and you know, yeah, he, he is truly a narcissist. Oh, he's a dick. He is a dick. I actually, <laughs> I use a a, sign, a sound bite of That's his a technical term. <laughs> yeah, he's a dick. Um, I use a sound bite of his uh, in the podcast where he oh, goes, "Yeah, in China, China," and I just play that over and over. I just love his yeah. that, that sound bite because he's because he and, and don't get me wrong, he was accused of calling it. The Chinese flu, and they're saying, well, "Don't you think that's racist?" He's like, "No, I don't, because that's where it came from. It came from China. It came from China." <laughs> well, I agree. It came from China. Yeah, that's right. And that, and that, and that part, he is one hundred percent correct. But there's other shit yeah. that he says. But the whole makeup, the fake tan. Come on, man. Really? Yeah, yeah. Because he's so like he's so narcissistic. It's all about how he appears and yeah. you know how great he's doing. Oh, I'm great. I'm great. Oh. I'm gonna make America great again. <laughs> I just from from Obama to him, and I just shake my head and go, really. But I also think <laughs> that we've got a potential to do another podcast on on uh, people's personalities, um, in particular. Mm. Particularly, and this I haven't discussed this with you, so I'm sort of blowing it by you now. Particularly, yeah. the um, reality TV people oh, yeah. and how why because yeah. it's changed. It's gone from you did the show and you liked the show. That's why you went on it and you became a celebrity. Now, people are signing up to get celebrity by being on these shows. Yeah. So I think, yeah, and I think, interestingly. Um, interestingly, they don't seem to care whether they're famous for, and popular famous or famous and unpopular famous. Yeah, yeah. There's a because a lot of them, a lot of them have haters. You know, like especially Married at First Sight. Yeah, a lot of there's characters on there that people actually openly hate, and they you know cop a lot of flack. So I think that. Yeah, those people, the people who go on these shows would obviously need a lot of psychological support to kind of deal with that 
because I think that they have a concept of fame that's not actually based in reality. Yes, 100%. And I, I've spoken to a previous contestant, Jess, who was on Series 3. I refer to her as Good Jess because yeah. in not the season gone but last year was Jessica Power who has yeah. has got her own infamy level at a massive rate um, yes, and yet she she's the Daily Mail, writes stories about her daily. They love her. And, of course, thanks to Max Markson who's her – you know, representing her um, yeah. and, and his agency keep her at the forefront of people's minds. But I, I'm, I, and I don't normally do this but the other day I read an article about her and it said this, this, this and I'm like, God, this poor girl. But And it was, you know, oh, she's looking sexy in a bikini and all this. And then I looked down the bottom and there's comments that people write. There was not one nice one. People yeah. just were just ragging her out and I'm thinking, is this worth it? And the article was stated. Well, see, I think. Mm. Yeah, article stated, I haven't had a job since Married at First Sight. I haven't had a real job. I haven't had to. This is what I make a living off. And I thought, well, that's, that's just riling thing, people like, up. Yeah, uh, exactly. So to me, as long as she's feeding her ego and still being in the in the newspapers and she doesn't read the comments and she's making money out of it, then she's going to keep it going. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Because oh. it's like a pretty easy job, isn't it? <laughs> I think we can do a full podcast just about that. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> and we can talk about your love of Survivor next time as well. Oh, I'm so in love with Survivor. Yeah. I'm so in love with Survivor. Yes. I'm going to get on that show one day. Please, please apply. I'd love to see you on that show. Oh, thank you. Can you please um, tell the producers that? <laughs> right. Is this the end of my shine? Production, I think. Yes. Yeah. Tell Endemol Shine to put me on Survivor. <laughs> yeah. Annie Fitness, she promotes good, healthy mental health through fitness. Per- yes. Perfect angle for your show. Okay, yes. so we're going to wind, wind this up, but I, I've got two questions yep. for you that are very interesting. Yes. Um, advice for yeah. singles and couples maintaining some sort of sexual form of sexual lifestyle and sexiness during this time, like. It's easy to slip into, I don't have to get up and get dressed, I don't have to do this, I don't have to do that. Mm. I'm not mm. saying that you have to wear makeup and, and, and lingerie like it's an 80s porn movie, but it, <laughs> how do you yes, keep that, that magic? <laughs> well, that's what I was going to suggest actually to to spice it up by wearing lingerie or, you know, guys wearing the sexy boxer shorts or, to me, playing dress-ups you know, getting out the uniforms and the play, in role-playing, yep. you know, just to keep it exciting and spicy. How important or even is it to, to watch porn. Yeah, how important is it to actually be doing something like that? Well, very important because sex is one of the pleasures of life and it's one of the things that people are allowed to do during this time. You know, there's no restriction on having sex as long as it's, I guess someone in your household. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I do think it's it's a way to feel good. That's free, and we're allowed to do it. So married couples, you know, they it's an opportunity because a lot of them are home to home with each other. 
some of them, a lot of them are working from home. So a lot for a lot of them, yeah, it's new to have their partner around all the time. So I think that, yeah, if they are both working from home, it's important that after five, they kind of change it up and do something unique, like, you know, have a dinner party or, you know, leave little sexy notes to each other about what they're going to do to their partner later or write each other love letters and, you know, or sticky notes that they can leave around the house. You know, just things to spice it up and keep it yeah. keep it fun and exciting. Yeah, I think it's hugely important. It's um, it's it's too often of long-term relationships where you just can slide out of that. But particularly if you're in the house with someone currently mm. at all times, it's you need that separation. You need that, and it's and it sometimes mm. you don't have it. I mean, I feel for. Couples that have got young children and are locked in, and and you've got an audience twenty four seven. Well, yeah, that would. It's hard to stay sexy when you've got a two year old or a baby in the house. True. Yeah, yeah. But that's why it's important to, you know, still to have some sexy time when the when the kids go to sleep. Yeah, yeah, and and keep that keep the dream alive. I mean, I think people do it, you know, and lose sight of it. I know I've been in a relationship where I actually lost, you know. The interest in it because I was too focused on, on on the business world at the time, and it just sort of slid by, um, and mm. that and that hurt, and I, I've learnt from it. But it it doesn't mean that like when you're in in something together, like it's you, it's it's I guess it's like a marriage. You know, you got to keep working at it. You can't just um, yeah, exactly. Think that it's going to solve itself. Take each other for granted. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I I find that's a natural human trait that if someone's yeah, constantly is. doing something for you that you you will just take advantage of it. you you you're not doing it on purpose you're not doing it to harm anyone but no no it's just something that takes place okay so I, what I liked about that that point that you raised is that after five it's time to turn the tempo up it's like make that definition yeah change it up yeah yeah like to me it's important to do something to change it up so that might be you know change your clothes or you know, have a have a like a little dinner party with candles, or just change the put some music on, something to differentiate between sort of working hours and after hours. Yeah, yeah. Which is really easy to do when you're working out of home, but when you're working in home, it's harder to do, but it's it, it's more important. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Because if you don't do that, it kind of all blends into the one. Yeah, and then yeah. You know, yeah, it's just a bit. Then people start and, getting on his nerves, and things yeah. go pear shaped. <laughs> yeah, frustration kicks yeah. in. Yeah, so sex is a great way to like let frustrations out and to build, rebuild intimacy in the relationship. Mm, true. I I feel you know it's harder for single people because you know it's it's hard. You can't really date now. So to me. Single people are, are face more of a challenge than married couples because really it's um, it's either date online and just communicate online or don't date and look after your own needs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, very much. I'm, I'm <laughs> So I'm going to hit that on two points. One, I agree. I'm in the same situation. I've severed ties with... Um, people in relationships, well, not really relationships, let's just say friends, 
right? We'll use the word friends. Mm. Um, because I'm now resetting and saying I'm looking for that something deeper. I'm looking for yeah. the next one. This time is not the time ideally because it is now back to the apps on the phone and communication. And, and yeah. Co- communication can only take you so far. You need that that visual, you know, and, and, and I – Face I, to face, yeah. Yeah, I use it um, – the best example, and it's been a couple of occasions when I've chatted to someone online and met them, and then when I've met them, as the conversation progresses and I'm looking them in their face, they actually become, this is a really weird thing to say, they actually become more and more attractive the more you look at them. Like you mm. you, you, you look at their face and you think, well, you're great and you're awesome and you're funny and I like your sense of humour. And the more that you talk, you get so deeply involved in that communication that you just... Like you're falling and you don't realise. It's just that look. You can't do that via mm. text. You can't do that via a phone. Like it's email. No, you, yeah, email. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's that part. Um, but what you've raised is, and I'm I've got another podcast. I'm talking to um, Alexandra from Soul Intimacy, who's like a sex coach, and she's mm-hmm. promoting masturbation May. Great. Which I'd had, great idea. I had never heard of before, but apparently it's an international masturbation May. So, oh, yeah. Well, I didn't realize that. Thanks for letting me know. Yeah, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't aware. It's the first I've heard Something of it. Something to look forward to. Yeah. And um, so what are your thoughts on self-pleasure and how it works? Like how does it work for the brain? Um, does it take on similar principles to exercising as to the result? Yeah, 100%. I'm a big fan of masturbation and self-pleasure. I think it's a very healthy thing to do. I grew up in a very religious household where it was frowned upon and, you know, thought about as sinful. But, you know, since turning 18 and becoming an agnostic, it's something and getting in touch with my own sexuality, it's something that I think is um, a really healthy thing to do. And you're right, it does have a similar effect as exercise in the sense that it releases endorphins and oxytocin and dopamine. It relieves stress. It helps you sleep better. Um, And it's just something positive and pleasurable to focus on, especially during this time that's, that's, that's really stressful. It's just a way to have some pleasure in your life. Yeah. So I'm a, I'm a big fan. Yeah, I think it is. And I've spoke to, to Alexandra. Actually, the podcast will go out after this one. Yeah. I'm just trying to get the balance of oh, okay. where I'm at. Um, but, yeah, I think that it's right. – um, and I actually use – in the conversation I had with her, I used – because I, I've dated – and I'm, I'm not suggesting your religious upbringing is anything good or bad. But what I, I used oh. – I dated and married a Catholic and – when it came oh, okay. to, when it came to talking about sex and sexuality, um, mm. she really struggled, and I could see that it was yeah. what was reinforced in the Catholicism that made her be yeah. the way that she was. Ironically, yeah. Well, there's a lot of a lot of guilt around it yeah. for a lot of deeply religious people, which I think it's quite sad. Yeah, and it's actually because you know if you, if you look at it and if you believe in God, then God created human beings, and God created human beings as sexual beings. You know, He gave He gave us all a libido, and 
you know, yes, while I don't think he wanted people to be promiscuous at the same time, I feel like human sexuality is a very natural and beautiful thing. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, it's 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 one of the major factors of why we're attracted to, you know, people of the opposite sex or same sex, whatever whatever floats your boat. Mm-hmm. You know, if yeah. you, if you didn't have that part of your brain engaged in sexuality, you probably wouldn't engage. And and again, I'm not an expert mm-hmm. in autism, and I'm not an expert in 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 psychology, but there is proof mm-hmm. in autism where people's aren't engaged in sexuality because they don't engage socially. It's it's not it's, it, they just don't feel a need for it. And yeah, you know, for people that are, that are and 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 want to travel down the path. So that's why I say I, I don't I don't blame. It's interesting when I look at my this makes my, my ex wife. Um, her mother is uh, grew up in a Catholic faith, but she's like a radical. She's like, well, you know, you you've got to explore yourself and you've got to be able to have sex. And like, she doesn't. She's not. Strict okay. by the book, yet her daughter is has suffers from the guilt that was promoted in school. So oh, interesting, yeah, and it's quite ironic. I sent both my children to uh, Catholic schools, um, and yeah. regretted it. Same sex schools they went to, and I regretted it. Yet they listened enough to then question their faith and make their own decisions. They weren't brainwashed, so. It's um yeah well that's good yeah I they found so. out for themselves yeah and as I I'm openly an, an atheist I I believe in if anything oh, okay. if anything in the world that I actually believe in would be um, Tibetan Buddhism and and the, their beliefs are set around oh Tibet. yeah I love Buddhism. yeah yeah just be kind like I totally agree a hundred percent a hundred percent I'm agnostic but out of all the religions I love Buddhism the most because yeah. it's such a kind religion and. You know, they promote meditation and they promote sort of this calm, lovely, sort of kind, caring religion that I think all religions should be. Yeah, and and take heed from. I Many, many years ago, well, I say many, but it's a long time ago now, I went and saw the Dalai Lama at, um, at uh, Homebush. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And he was asked and he was... And he talks in a weird way. He talks like Yoda because Yoda was based on the, yeah. the, the Dalai Lama. Um, yeah. And they asked him about, you know, you're a figurehead for Tibetan Buddhism around the world. And, and he said, of everything that you say that I am, realistically, I'm just a Buddhist monk. And that's their belief is they're just one piece of a puzzle. They don't look for, um, you know, they don't yeah. notoriety. Yeah, yeah. They're humble. Yeah, yeah. I I do like their humbleness, and and one of my one of my favorite, well, not favorite, but one of my most inspiring clients was this woman whose whose husband murdered their child, and she was able to forgive him, Fuck. and she was Buddhist, and I was like, wow, like. Ever since, like, I was truly touched by her ability to forgive and the way her Buddhism interpreted it to allow her to forgive him. Yeah. And ever since her as a client, I I've always forgiven everybody in my life because I'm like, well, if she can forgive that, yeah. which is the ultimate, yeah, it gives you a you measure. Know, then I can forgive that something small, like you know, yeah. that's nowhere near. So you know. That's yeah. another reason why I'm a big Buddhism because of because of her. Actually, she was 
quite inspiring to me. Yeah, I've never I've never heard a negative story that come out of Buddhism. Um, that's yeah, it's like that's that's, that's what really yeah, that's what really drives me. And my and I and I can't tell you the year, but I can tell you the time frame. It wouldn't be too hard to work out. But Gary McDonald, the actor, um, better known as Norman Gunston, and um, from Mother and Son, yeah, was suffering mm. from depression and was in the verge of a nervous breakdown. And discovered yeah. Buddhism, and it turned his life around. Yeah, well, I, it's great because it focuses on meditation and it focuses on sort of simplifying everything. Yeah. And I followed this um, this Buddhist monk called Thich Nhat Han, who I'm reading a book of his at the moment called Reconciliation: Healing the Inner Child, and it's it's actually really helpful, like um, not just for me personally but the approach that I've started using with clients to because a lot of people are suffering and they're not sure why and they can't really put their finger on it and often it's about healing an inner child that's been wronged and reassuring that inner child and so that's from a mental health point of view the two things that I think is helpful in terms of Buddhism is that, you know, is that meditation approach and also that healing of the inner child which i think you know it's it's a really healthy thing to do yeah it sounds it sounds as though the book without knowing is is using cbt in its theory not just cbt though it's actually um inner child work is really is really talking to your inner child and it's it's less it's less CBT because CBT is challenging your unhelpful thinking. Yeah, it's less CBT, more more actually self nurturing in a way. Okay, yeah. That people often don't do. People often are looking externally for that sort of acceptance and reassurance and nurturing, and they're not finding it. That they're looking for it in drugs or alcohol or you know, casual sex or whatever it might be. When in actual fact, people can sort of heal their inner child, and in doing so, can can find a, find a lot of inner peace. Okay, that sounds like an awesome book. Yeah, so I highly recommend it. Okay, and what's it called again? Reconciliation. Reconciliation. Uh, reconciliation. Healing the inner child. Okay. It's good. It's really good. I do a lot of um, work with. People who have been through trauma, it's really good for, for people who have a trauma history, yeah. especially if they're particularly if they were young. Okay. I'm going to um, yeah. stick that link up on the – I've got the Amazon. I just found the Amazon link for it. Oh, okay. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Might be something I invest in actually. Hmm. Yeah, you hmm. said it's, it's really good. Excellent. Okay. Well, hmm. I think we've covered off most things. Is there anything – or the top three things that you can recommend or people should be doing at this time for just managing their mental health? Ah, top three things. I would say exercise, do some form of exercise every day. Two, number two would be focus on boosting your immunity so that you feel more in control. So things like exercise, eating healthy food, positive thinking, 
deep breathing meditation. That's a really that interesting kind of one because I haven't heard anyone actually talk about that. So I, I think that well, that's um, in boosting their immunity. Oh, yeah. Well, to me, it's, uh, I've been saying that a lot to, to my clients because it's something that you can control. You know, at the moment, there's a sort of lack of control and there's this concept of, oh, there's this evil external virus that we're all, you know, powerless against, apart from gloves and a face mask. But in actual fact, what we should be focusing on is boosting our immunity because it's our immunity. We have a natural defense against the virus. And if we boost that, yeah. then it helps us have a feeling of being in control and and being able to do something to prevent dying from the virus, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, I think and it's hugely I important. Tip, like, yeah. And my third tip would be, I guess, um, involved in your last two questions. Yes. If you're in a couple, you know, keep having sex. And if you're a single, keep up the self-pleasure. Yeah. yeah. That'll keep you sane. <laughs> so those are my top three tips. Clears the heads, my theory, with the masturbation. It does. Yeah. Clears the pipes and the head. <laughs> now, it's funny you say that, right, because I was on the tip of my tongue, don't say clear the pipes, don't say clear the pipes, and I was saying <laughs> clear the head, but you're 100% correct. Yeah, it is, it does, and it's – um. Your mind. For, for me, it, it actually helps me concentrate. It takes me to a place where I go, okay, I've got – switch my brain on and hmm. get back to it, or the other end is uh, it's going to help me go to sleep because that's what I need right now, and yeah – well, it does. <laughs> it's just funny you yep. said something it's I was thinking. more calm and relaxed and, you know, puts you on a high. Yeah, yeah, it does. There's no, there's no negatives. <laughs> no, that's... There's no, there's no bad side effects. <laughs> that's exactly right, exactly right. Well, thank you very much for your time. I know that you're very busy and... You're um, most welcome. It's, um, I do Thank you for having me on. Ah, it's a pleasure. It's it's awesome. And as I said, it's you can also hear you, and I'll put the link in for... Um, League Freaks or Fergo and the Freak um, where you can hear Annie talking about similar things but different than what we've spoken about and um, her Thank link's you. up to where you can contact her professionally and view her views on things. I actually really do um, like your views on different things that you post on social media because I then I often think, oh, okay, yeah, 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 I get that. Whereas I wouldn't have thought that and I go, okay, Take a step back. I can see that now. Um, I, <laughs> well, I, I try and insert humour into things, so I hope people don't take me too seriously. Yeah, when yeah. it comes to um, when it comes to Twitter, <laughs> the, I use it as a as a well, as a combination. I I use it to promote exercise for depression, but I also use it to take the piss out of people on social on um, reality TV. So yeah. there's yeah. There's, uh, yeah. yeah. I, when when some of those shows are on, it becomes like a job for me because I'm, and I'm every yeah, yeah. second I'm like that. That's funny. That's funny. That's funny. The only yeah, yeah. the only thing I will disagree with you on, um, yes. was your love for the winner of Survivor, um, of the last. Oh really? Yeah, can't Did stand David him. annoy you? Can't stand him. Ah, I know why. I know why because he he was too self promoting. Like. It's a very – I've lived in America, right? So it's it's 
It's yes. very normal yeah. in America. Also, it's a very American thing to that's be exactly really right. self-promoting and confident. And I mean, that's why I liked him because I quite liked that kind of because he was entertaining. You know what I mean? He's colourful. He's entertaining. He's I, he, I quite like his arrogance. Whereas I can understand that people didn't. I, I can understand that it's the Australian way not yes. not to be that way. And and. And it grates on a lot of people because people are like, "Oh, how dare he be so cocky?" You know. <laughs> yeah, and and in so hindsight, I why you, why you like him. yeah, in hindsight, when I was watching the show, this guy's riling me up. He's pissing me off, but I also <laughs> appreciated the game that he played. But I also yes. I also look at the way it was edited, and and it was it was a podcast I listened to. And I can't remember which one. It's purely about Survivor, and they're talking about they call it the winner's cut. And and they were talking about this early, thinking are oh, they saying I think David's going to win the, the way he's edited, and I'm thinking nah. And then when it turned out, but as it got to the low, lower numbers, like they they basically handed it to him because they weren't smart enough to then like. Mm. Yeah, like, but to me, he's the most deserving winner of Survivor. Do you know? Because somebody like Chrissy was just a, a goat that just coasted along, yeah. and when she won, it was kind of like. Oh man, Delee deserved it more than she did. Yeah. So to me, often to me, it's really hard to win Survivor if you're like David. So I give credit. I give yes. him credit because yeah. typically he's somebody that gets voted out early on because he's a physical threat and he's outspoken. So typically, people like that get cut off at the knees very early on. So for him to to for him to be convincing enough. And make the right alliances with the right people, knowing that that they would take him through. Like that, to me, was very clever psychologically. Yeah, yeah. I, I for, for, particularly for the Australian contestants, because they haven't. I mean, they may have seen and watched the American one. I mean, we haven't seen a Boston Rob of that level. No. Until I think David is now stepping up, and so I would, I personally wouldn't yeah. say. Oh man, this guy's that good. But in the company that he was in, like I, I loved it when Shane Gould was in the, the one that she won, like because I love Shane Gould, and because she stands for so many things. And she was a champion at the age of sixteen, like it was just an incredible woman. And then gave back to the community. So when she, yeah. but when she came into champions and they got rid of her, I went, yeah, because you're a target, like. And that's where David survived. He was real. I give him credit for that because he was, he should have been on everyone's radar. But then when. Yeah, but he was really good. So he had a really good social game. Well, when they knew, here's my argument when somebody knows that they've got an idol, shake it out. Like, and they didn't. Yeah, but see, see, he was smart. He was smart because he kept kept his idol secret. Yeah. So some, like, if I. When I go on Survivor and I find an idol, I will not be telling anyone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Until I know that I need to pull it out and then because if you if people know you have an idol, they will do that. They will try oh, and flush it out. It's the first but, thing you I know, would do. David worked really hard for it because David found more than one idol. So to have more than one idol. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, he worked hard to find those and to and to play them appropriately. Yeah. He he did he was had his back against the wall and he came out really well. So a credit where credit's due, he did deserve it. With what was left at the early stages, I would have got rid of him as a threat straight away. Because I just I yeah. 
because anyone that's watched it watches the mind games that he plays and he is very self-driven and narcissistic and if you're not yes, savvy yes. if you're not savvy with that very much. then people get intimidated by it and that was what was happening so he was being I'm super nice I'm super nice I'm super nice but he was manipulating him and I'm watching him thinking oh man you guys just haven't got his game you haven't you haven't worked him out like well yeah because because it was funny because the audience got to see his um like his private face-to-face camera you know yeah. conversation so we knew what he was thinking but in the game they didn't they like they only got one side of him and they didn't know you know what he was saying behind the scenes so it was quite funny to watch very yeah, and he was he was charming and I'm and he's like a snake very he's like a snake and I'm thinking yeah. like but you people have seen him play yeah, before but a, yeah but not a snake like Nick though Nick's a, Nick's a snake and he's like yeah Nick's lazy an yeah. obvious snake yeah Nick Nick's a Nick was a sleazy snake, whereas David was a charming snake. It's easier to be charmed yes. by a snake than it is to be bitten by one. Yeah. Way. Are you watching the American one at the moment? I watch everything, yeah. Okay. So yeah. I find that Love it. when I watch the American one, it's just like a – it's like someone shaking up a can of Coca-Cola and then they open it up at Tribal Council because you just don't know what you're <laughs> going to get. It's – well, the American one is so much more intense because Americans are more intense, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it, the American culture is reflected in the American survivor because you get these really intense personalities. Yeah. Whereas in Australia, Australians are more subtle. They're more easygoing. Yeah. They're more, you know, yeah. don't don't be a tall poppy kind of Yes, yeah, and that's yes. and, and that's that's a culture that we're, we're, we're not losing, like in that mentality. Like when... Matty Rogers was on there yeah. and he was talking about his mum and, and like people, it doesn't matter how hard yeah, you are, yeah. got a lump in the throat, tear in the eye, go, oh, that, oh, that Matty Rogers, yeah, he's a good yeah. bloke. Like it's, you know, then oh, Lee's mum. Yeah. Oh, that's so sad. Wasn't oh, it horrible? And he, and he didn't get there in time. Like, oh. yeah, just yeah, horrific. That was, and, and, then, and then how Tarzan was so nice and like I love Tarzan. He's such a legend. I think he... like Tarzan has the true Aussie spirit. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's he's one of those alpha alpha males, but in a in a in a more gentle way than David. Yeah, it's you like an like alpha hippie. Just a decent guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think he would. Um, I love yeah, so do I actually. I think that he would be in peace in inside his head. Like I think he would be quite yeah. relaxed. It wouldn't like. You would say something to him and he wouldn't yeah. get frustrated, be like, Oh man, don't think like that. You know, <laughs> like Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not much phases him. He's like, She'll yeah. be right, mate, type of yeah. yeah. Good dude, good look too. I like his look. He's um Yeah, exactly. He's great. Yeah, he's just a classic. <laughs> he's got long hair and his beard. <laughs> All right, so I think maybe next month we should talk about the mentality of reality T V people. If you're up for it. Sounds good. And I'm up for it. And where um, it's going to take him. So I've got I, – yes. I have this in my my head. I'm only saying this on the podcast for the first time. So in this, yep. this true story. It, there's – I always have a thing in my brain about where are people going to be in 20 years, right? 
And yeah. I use the number 20 for some reason. I don't know why. But one of the one of the things I used to come up with was, what happens to these porn stars in 20 years? Like where yeah. where do they where do they go to? Do they disappear? And then I sort of read up on a few and we can talk about that in, in a future podcast. And then porn stars yep. also then, you know, with actors, because actors sort of, they can age gracefully, they can age ugly and end up in crime and all sorts of things. But, you know, we, we, yeah. no one ever says what's happening with politicians. Like no one, oh, what's, you know, previous leaders of the UK doing now? No one cares. But, for yeah. instance, actors are important. Porn stars, I think, share, and you know, an important part of their 20s with the world and then where do they go? Because I... And I think that this is what's going to happen. We're going to see with reality TV is that these people. And there was an article on the weekend written about Bardo, the band that was made from pop stars. And, oh yeah. And it was like, oh, there's only the three of them wanted to get together, and chat. Sophie Monk didn't yeah. want a bar of it, or neither did Sally. I think it was so. And it was okay. the reality of they're trying to hang on to that twenty years later when no one really cares. So yeah, well, Sophie's really the only one that's still famous yeah yeah and i actually she's like she she worked it you know so she's still yeah and yeah, i can tell you in that 20 years her iq did not grow no <laughs> truly i went i went back and watched an old clip from when she got selected in the band and the stupid shit she was saying <laughs> and she says it now but that's who she is like that's yeah, but that- because there's people that love ditzy blondes, especially male. You know, ditzy blondes with big boobs is there's a following out there. <laughs> okay, so I'll put this in perspective so you okay. understand. Sophie Monk to me is like David Beckham is to women. Oh, really? They love to look at him as oh, soon as he opens I his love, mouth. I love David. Yeah. And as soon as he opens his mouth, the women go shh, no talking. That's how I feel about Sophie. Yeah, yeah. I think you're lovely to look at, Soph. And I don't understand that. I yeah. Don't understand that. And then she opens her mouth, and I'm like, no, yeah, no talking. Shh, quiet. Yeah, yeah no, don't. Yeah. <laughs> so she's the David Beckham yeah. of um, the Australian women. Yeah, yeah, don't talk. Yeah. Keep quiet. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been wonderful. I do, once I said, I do appreciate your time. I know that, um, I hope this is a bit of an outlet for you, actually. Let's escape from. Oh, it's yeah, I mean, it's been really great to talk to you. It's it's great to actually uh, put a voice to a friend on Twitter. So, yeah, yeah. you know, because, yeah, we've, we've been Twitter friends for a while. And so, yeah, it's been really nice chatting with you and getting to know you a bit better. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's plenty to talk about in social media too. So I, to me, social media is just marketable material every single day. It never gets – there's always something mm. – you know? Yeah, exactly. It never gets old. There's always something to take the piss out of yeah. <laughs> and comment on. Yeah, and I do like um, people giving referrals to either books or movies or whatever's happening at the time. I like when people yeah, go, oh, this yeah, is no, good. I yeah, I think it's awesome. So, yeah. Very good. Well, thank you again. You're welcome. I, as I said, I do appreciate and, your time because um, I know you're busy. Yes. And I've just seen – Mm-hmm. I've just seen a picture of you pop up on my Instagram because I'm going to put your details in with your oh. little pup. I'm guessing he's a, um, a Maltese. Oh, yeah. Pebbles. Pebbles. Yeah, right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I had a 
Bam and Bam Bam died in April 2018. Okay. So it's taken me a while to, to have another. And actually, that's a positive that's come out of the coronavirus isolation. Yeah. I've gotten a puppy. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, he's helping keep me sane and providing that unconditional love and affection that I'm not getting from a boyfriend or a husband. <laughs> well, yeah, and don't so, even get me started talking about dogs because the unconditional love from a dog is just remarkable. I, 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 I've talked about this previously to people because he just, if you're not a dog person, then we can't be friends. Like it's animal. Exactly. Oh, I'm 100% with you. Yeah, dogs are just amazing. Yeah. But um, I think Pebbles is going to be running the show very, very shortly. Oh, he's so spoiled, let me tell you that much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. If, if uh, yeah, if anyone want, wanted to come back uh, and get reincarnated as a puppy and be spoiled, then they need to be my puppy. Yeah. yeah. Do you have a dog? I did. I don't. I lost my dog when I lost my relationship. Oh, so it was a double whammy. Yeah, yeah. And it was a oh, – don't even get me started. Tore, tore my heart out and um, – yeah, oh. it's the first time I just haven't – I never bounce back, yeah. Well, he actually lives – he ended up going to um, another family in Victoria and – Oh, why couldn't you take him? I couldn't take him where I was. And oh, um, you in an apartment. Yeah, and my ex – and he's a, he's a bully, like a, a staffy, and he needs – Oh, need, they're great Yeah, staffies. and if I left him here, like if I had him here during the day, he would he, – There'd be nothing left to come home to. He's a beautiful dog. Um, Duke, his yeah, name was. But he likes chewing. Yeah. What was his name? Duke. Yeah. Oh, Duke. What a cool name. Yeah, and a cool dog too. I, I, We actually drove to Melbourne. He was a rescue dog and we drove oh. to Melbourne. And this was on the back of, and this is why I relate to what you say, this is probably 18 months after my partner's dog had died and she had him from a puppy. Oh. He wasn't even my dog, but I just got so attached to this dog. And he was old. He yeah. was like 16 years old. And we oh, had, wow. We had to put him down and, and that broke my heart. Oh. Like, yeah. So, yeah. So my they're partner. Like, they're like a child. Yeah, that's exactly right. And my partner said, she sort of went, at the time she said, enough's enough. We're going to get another dog. And I'm like, mm. nah, I don't think that's the case. And then we found Duke. Anyway, we drove to Victoria to pick him up and he was just, it was exactly what we needed. But unfortunately, our, our relationship didn't survive. So um, well, he did. I hope you get another dog. And he went off to a, a home where a woman had another staffy. literally the female, he was a, a little male. She had a female version, uh-huh. looked exactly like him and they got on like a house on fire. Oh, so. Yeah. So you found a girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. And well, that's um, a, that's a And the woman who who has got him, I don't want to say she's a crazy dog lady, but she like she has a lounge that's <laughs> just for dogs in the house. Like that's where they sit. To me, to me, that's a compliment. Being a crazy dog lady is actually a compliment. <laughs> yeah, well, she. Is. I like crazy dog. <laughs> she she's wonderful. Yeah, absolutely wonderful. So, um, oh, I know nice. he's in good hands, but it's her. again, it's like. I don't know. I, you know, to me it's like an adoption and, and you sort of go, geez, I hope, hope they're having a good day today. But, yeah, he's well looked after. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Well, I hope you get another dog today. It will happen. Yours it will happen. It. Yeah. It will happen. I love them. They're just the no. greatest fun ever. 
Oh yeah, they're the best. I saw a, there was a something on Instagram the other day when they were, when they say that the dog we're going to go for a walk and it just triggers this dog into a sense of goes and gets a lead, picks it up, stands by the front door, wagging his tail, going, <laughs> yeah. yeah, they go nuts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I follow Ricky Gervais, and um, I, lo- I not only love his sense of humor, but I love his love for animals. Oh, yeah. Um, and have you watched um, Afterlife? Yeah, I binge watched it on the weekend. Okay. Series I thought two. the first series was better than, this, than Series 2. Series 2 seemed more sad and more depressing. Yeah. It, I, I think it was always going to be – so here's the two things I love. I think it was always going to be hard to top that because you're wondering, well, where does he go? Is he going to get better? And mm. then with his dad being sick and, and trying to – and I can't – relate to that like I would really struggle to have to deal with someone with that that level of dementia like it it would really take its toll on you um but what I do like is the little jibes that he throws in like the the yoga guy and um yeah yeah so I I think I tweeted like the the c count was up to eight after 15 minutes and okay I'm in you know like (laughs) he dropped that many c-bombs but yeah exactly yeah it was um, I love Therapist, the therapist on Afterlife is oh. a classic. He cracks me off. He's not doing any. He's not doing any favors for therapists, though. No, he's not. Oh, it's like, fucking terrible. People know that that's not. But surely people know that that's not how therapists yeah. really are. Oh, I hope so. I hope they look at it and go. I hope so too. Yeah. I do not do that with my. Clients. No. <laughs> he's a, he's just a terrible, terrible put. And when oh, terrible. But he what, breaks all the rules, oh, you know. And when he captured, when he but that's <laughs> yeah. And this is what I like yeah. about Ricky's writing. He captured old men trying to be boys and talk about getting drunk and having sex with women and yeah. and it, it, yeah, to, yeah. That's the an era. Nail. Yeah, that's an era of guys of my age that I, I like that, and I'm like, oh fuck, guys, give it up. Like, come on, yeah. you know, <laughs> it's over. Just. It because it's it's kind of a pushback to the whole feminist movement and you know it's kind of males wanting to reassert the fact that it's okay to be an alpha male and it's part of being masculine do you know what I mean like yeah. to me this to me there's natural masculine and feminine roles and you shouldn't try and be equal because they're both different like it, oh um, yeah yeah 100 percent and you know like my theory is we complement each, each other. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. like a yin yang. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but when you've got, like, when when I see, so here's my view on alpha males because I consider myself an alpha male. But when you see a guy trying yeah, well, too hard, he ain't an alpha. He's yeah. a fucking beater. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's just a beater trying too hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like it's like it's yeah. You can tell the difference. Yeah, you it's can like tell the, the difference. It's like the criminal world. Real criminals don't talk about crime. People that talk about crime uh, are wannabes. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So that's that's the – but that yeah. guy does my when, – when the boys – and I know there's a time and when men are in their 20s and they're trying to outperform each other and they're talking stories yeah, and stuff. Yeah. Okay, I'm down with that. But when you're in your 40s and you're doing Notches it – Notches on the bedpost. Yeah. yeah. When you're in your 40s doing it – that's lo- what makes it so funny. <laughs> oh, it looks so ugly. It's bad, but oh. that's what makes it so funny that he that he that he lacks the self awareness to realize yeah. that he's just being a jerk, you know. <laughs> you know the other part that made me laugh 
was when Ricky went with his brother-in-law to have a drink and he said, oh. can we sit with those women? Yeah. Oh, I was cringing. <laughs> I was cringing watching it. It's just a television show. And I'm oh, like, I know. I'm like, dude, please, awful. you know. And he's saying things no, like, no. oh, you, you girls here uh, on a girls' night out. <laughs> 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 oh, dear. I know. I feel really bad for him. I was like, oh, just stop talking. That's <laughs> terrible. Yeah. But, yeah, look, I love the yeah. show. I love everything about Ricky Gervais. I love his yeah. writing. I think yeah, that he's thanks. honest. I think that yeah. there's a level of truthfulness. I like when he presents the Golden Globes and he says, oh, shut up, shut up. Like, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, well, I, I love the fact that he's not PC. That's yes. one thing I love about Ricky. Yeah. He shoots from the humour. You hip. know, because humour humor is humour and to me, he, like what annoys me is people who get offended by humour yeah. but they don't understand that it's just a joke. Like yeah. I come from the era where you could tell a joke and it was a joke and nobody took it seriously because it's a joke, yeah. right? So I like the way that Ricky takes that approach. He's like, I'm telling a joke, guys. You know, I don't really believe this, so yeah. settle down. <laughs> like, let's just have a laugh and get over it. Yeah, I think he said yeah. one of his routines, he talks about someone being killed in a car crash and then he refers to um, a priest sleeping with a child and someone in the crowd gasps yeah. and he says, yeah, okay, so you're offended by that but you don't care about the people <laughs> killed in the car crash. Where's your head at? Like. And, exactly, and that's where he points it out. Whereas in America, these American comedians I'm, I'm, I listen to on podcasts and different things, they're really frightened of what they call the cancel culture, where if you yeah. say something offensive, you just disappear. Yeah, well, that is the problem because look at the guy who was picked to do the Oscars or yeah. Grammys or whatever, yeah, and then they cancel him because he made some sort of slightly homophobic comment ten years ago. It's like. Oh, yeah. come on. Like, yeah. let's put it in perspective. Like, yeah. first of all, it's a completely different era. And secondly, he doesn't really strike me as homophobic. No, it's Kevin Hart. It was, like, he's, he's a, like, if anything, he's self deprecating and, and like, he's he, he's got a really strange because he, he talks with such confidence, but he's self deprecating at the same time. And he's a very yeah. little man and he's very funny. Yeah. And then he's got a short man syndrome. Yeah, yeah. And he's loud for something so little. He's so loud. <laughs> but to me, it was I felt really bad for him that his gig got cancelled because of something that he tweeted so such a long time ago. I felt like that was really unfair. I think it is disgusting. I and, felt and that is like, a mentality over there that is not going to change anytime yeah. soon. Yeah. But the the concern with that is that is that comedians are less funny then? Because basically all they can do is take the piss out of Trump and it's like, well, yeah. That gets a bit old. Yeah. Or actually take the piss out of themselves. And it's like, well, sometimes we want humour about current events and we want somebody to come out and say something blatantly yeah. crazy because it's funny, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. So. The, world, the world needs laughter. Like it, it doesn't need to be repressed. 100%. You know. No. Laughter is the best medicine. Yeah. See, you know? there's another and topic we can talk about. That's right. Add it to the list. <laughs> yeah, add it to the list. I want to anyway, thank you. I'm going to go. Yes. You're most welcome. I've got a plenty uh, to uh, put down. I am trying to piece this together and get it out tonight for tomorrow, actually. 
Um, oh, beautiful. So, yeah, just um, I'll send you tag links. me in the link. Yeah. Tag me and um, I'll obviously share it and, yeah, Fantastic. get the word out. And, yeah, hopefully we can meet in real life one day. Sounds like a plan. You sound like a really interesting, like- fun person. Um, I don't know about fun. Interesting maybe. <laughs> Fun. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> I've had fun. I've yeah. had the, a fun one hour and forty-five minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's been a good chat. So you know. All right. I think you're fun. Thank you very much. I right. appreciate your time. As I know that you're very busy, and um, I look forward to talking to you soon. You're welcome. Thank Ciao. You. See you, Annie. Okay, so that was Annie Clark, and yeah, it, we chatted and chatted, and uh, we really just natted on. We covered everything, everything and all. But again, there's going to be um, a future follow-up to different things, different psychological things and questions that I've got because, um, as I said, Annie's had 20 years' experience. I can never stop learning. I, I thrive in that field, so I uh, love hearing about things. Probably going to talk about reality TV stars and what happens to them and why they're so driven to have fame, I guess. And, of course, anyone that's listened to the podcast have heard Jess before who's been on here. Jess has not or didn't go on um, reality TV for fame. She actually went on there for love and didn't find it, didn't work out. But no sooner had she finished the show when she was doing her own thing, she happened to bump into a man and fell in love and they've got a, a beautiful baby together. So she was one of the few that doesn't do it for fame. Let me tell you, there is a lot that do and now this is the, the norm now. So we're going to have a chat in the future about that. That's podcast one out of five in five days. It's going to keep knocking them out. I thank you for listening and, and uh, I hope that you've enjoyed the content. I enjoyed the conversation Um, with Annie I think she's fantastic and it's always good to have someone that adds value to what you're doing as I've had women previously such as Jess Alexandra which she's going to come back very soon and um, yeah so we always round this out with a little number and for some reason this track just popped up and I don't know I got into it so thanks for listening and uh, enjoy Myself dreaming in silver and gold, like a scene from a movie that every broken heart knows. We were walking on moonlight, and you pulled me close. Split second, and you disappeared, and then I.
the blink of an eye Just a whisper of smoke You could lose everything The truth is you never know So I'll kiss you longer, babe Any chance that I get I'll make the most of the minutes alone with no regrets Let's take our time to say what we want Use what we got before it's all Thanks for listening to a Guerrilla Radio podcast. I hope you've enjoyed what you've listened to. Remember, you can find all Guerrilla Radio podcasts on all good podcast catches and maybe some bad ones. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Guerrilla Radio Australia and Twitter on Guerrilla underscore KMAC. Don't forget the website, guerrillaradio.com.au for all other information. And thank you for taking the time to listen.